You are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul, episode 55. Welcome to the show. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to From Sobriety to Recovery. I am your host, Jesse Mogul, and I am in addiction recovery. Wow. Is this the world we live in? <laughs> so episode 55 was going to be centered around my mother because she was born in 1955, and I was super pumped to just give you guys some background about her and, and, and the role she played in my childhood and my adolescence and my adulthood, my entire life, and uh, how I believe that all those parts are interconnected to become the version of I am today in addiction recovery. But we live in a world where COVID-19 has completely taken over our zeitgeist. It is all that anyone is talking about. It is all that is happening in the world today because every single thing has been shut down. And so what we're going to discuss today is what happens when structure breaks down. And I'm getting some really massive chills throughout my entire body uh, when I say that, like hair standing up on my legs and on my arms, so energetically I know this is exactly what I'm supposed to be talking about today because I am feeling it to the nth degree. Now, I think based on what people say to me, whether it's in person, whether it's through social media, I, I gather that it comes off that I have a complete lockdown on my sobriety and recovery. And by lockdown, I mean that like completely confident in it, confident in it. I stand strong on a foundation of my own growth mindset and of my, of my triumvirate of integrity, humility, and gratitude. I have this entire life's blueprint program that I developed for my clients that really helps us make sure that we're focusing on all 12 of the main areas of our lives. I've got my seven powerful principles that I talk about over on my other show, College Success Habits. I've got a book about it coming out in April, maybe coming out in April. We'll see how this whole thing plays out. And by no means am I saying that I, I'm not standing on this amazing foundation, you know, that I have created for myself. I really believe I've put in a tremendous amount of work for the the world that I live in now, that I, I really am constantly seeking growth and, and things of that nature. But I, I get the underlying feeling that there are people who think that everything is just peachy keen for me all the time and that I don't go through some of the same things that I believe that this entire community goes through. And I'd like to take this opportunity right now to tell you that that is a fallacy, that it is not true, that this COVID-19 thing has rocked my world in a way that structurally I had not anticipated it to do. I very much like structure. I think it's one of the first things that we're all taught in addiction recovery to come up with new habits, to come up with a new structure, a new plan, a new way of life. In that new way of life, I work a lot. I work at a hotel. I still uh, bartend and, and serve tables there. Um, that's my morning gig four to five days a week. Um, I love this job. It has been there for me through thick and thin. And even through my beginning stages of my 
addiction recovery, one of the most supportive people there was a coworker named Ron who had some 25 to 30 some years of sobriety and recovery under his belt. And he was there for me every single morning as I told him about my detox and everything that I was going through. That job has done more for me. It has done more for me than it will ever know. And now, like 95% of the staff, I've been temporarily furloughed, right? Structurally, it's very hard to wrap my head around the fact that I no longer have a job to go to because, and even though I have wanted out of that place for so many years now, because I really believe that my calling is of service, is of the podcasting, of being an author, a public speaker, yada, 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 all that stuff. But still, having the structure of that job stripped from me and being told to stay home because this, you know, I mean, literally, we've got like 10 rooms in the whole hotel booked. No one's there. They don't need me. And what I've, did I think I should have been one of the very few kept? Absolutely. I've been there seven years. Only one other person in that restaurant's been there longer than me. But alas, I was not one that they, that they chose. Boom, structurally, job gone. My gym, that's taken away. Gym's closed. And this isn't some sort of weird LA thing where we're all obsessed with our bodies and obsessed with the gym. I've got people from coast to coast and border to border who use the gym as their sanctuary to get away from the chaos that is life, to go in, to get their heart rate up, to sweat it off, to whatever whatever's going wrong in my life, I can go to the gym and I can walk out and I can say, I have done a hundred percent of what I needed to do today to make sure that my body operates, looks, feels, functions exactly the way I choose it to. My body is my choice. I go into the gym and I lift some weights. I get on the stair stepper, whatever it is that I'm doing that day. That is my opportunity to put me first, to understand that my body is what's going to carry me through this world. This, this awesome brain that I'm constantly putting information into and using to create my world is housed inside this body. It's why I believe that when you first get into addiction recovery, um, making sure that you're physically able to continue on in this life's journey is one of the most important steps that needs to be taken. My dad and my therapist, both who have decades in the addiction recovery world, have said that in the first year, physical is the is the number one thing that people need to put their, their focus on. Year two, it becomes mental. The fog is lifted. Your brain becomes clear. You can think more clearly. Your thoughts aren't constantly being flooded with all of this negative self-imagery from your previous life. And then when you get through the second year through mental, now you're into the emotional, which in this area, we obviously, we all know we, we're going <laughs> to... We're going to be dealing with our emotions for the rest of our lives, right? I mean, the, the heaviest thing that we carry, the heaviest burden that we carry throughout our entire lives is our mind. It is the thing that can either release us and set us free or hold us back. And so that's a great thing to be thinking of right now is how is my mind going to hold me back from this new world that I have to live in for an unforeseen amount of time? See, when I go to the gym... I always know that whatever workout, whatever set I happen to be doing at that moment, that it might be you know six reps at the heaviest weight or it might be 10 reps at a lower weight. Whatever it is, I know when the rep count has been hit. I know, okay, I'm only aiming for six here. I'm only aiming for 10. Knowing that I'm just trying to get to six or 10 gives my mind something to focus on and work toward. When 
I'm told just lift that weight as many times as you possibly can. My brain doesn't really know how to function like that, right? So if somebody's like, well, lift that up and do it to to do it to failure. I'll just randomly say, okay, well, I'm going to decide that failure is 34. And then it, it gives my brain something to aim for. I may never even get near 34. By 17, I might be burnt out. But at least I was aiming for a certain number. I knew that there was a finish line. Had I gotten to 34, I would have kept going. But the point is, is I knew where I was able or allowed to stop. We don't have that with this. As we're trying to build this new structure, we don't know if we're looking at two weeks, four weeks. You got some people saying we're going to be dealing with this until May. Others saying June, July, August. I mean, I believe that this coronavirus is going to be around for years to come. But this major pandemic um, crisis stage that we're in right now, I don't believe it's going to last as long. Frankly, I just don't think you can keep the world locked inside their houses for the next three months. People are going to go bonkers. No one's making any money, right? If you're one of the lucky few who can work from home and actually continue to make an income, even your business at some point is going to be affected. But let's not even think about, let's, no, let's, let's think about all of the people who work on, in this world who are reliant upon everybody else to be working in this world. I mean, this is going to affect barbers and masseuses and yoga instructors. And if don't, of course, let's, Everybody in the service industry, everybody in the retail industry, no one's going to go to shopping malls if they're even open because they don't have any money to spend. I mean, dry cleaners are going to have to shutter their doors, right? If you're, if you're a pizza delivery place, then you're, you're, you're going to make bang up bucks. But at some point, are you going to have a hard time make, getting tomato sauce or dough to your store because the places that would be doing that have shuttered their doors because they're afraid of the coronavirus, right? So structure is something that we all covet when we get into sobriety and recovery. And now, for many of us, it's been taken away. And that's why I started this episode by saying that I think a lot of people think I'm very firmly entrenched in this, and I love, and I do, I do, I do, I do love my sobriety and recovery. But the very first couple days of this week, and it's Wednesday right now, and normally I shoot this show on Sunday night or Monday night, depending on when I, I can fit it in and, and what's, what's, what's really got me all buzzed up. In the last few days, I was just trying to figure out what the hell is going on. I got released from my job yesterday, um, Monday morning when I woke up. The urge to drink alcohol has never been stronger in my entire 38 months. I just passed 38 months. I mean, literally, last Friday was my 38-month anniversary. And by Monday morning, I'm sitting here, and like my brain is literally picturing myself going to the store, buying a handle of vodka, and just chugging it. Like, not even trying to sip it, just chug it. Even now, as I say this, it's like I, I feel this craving. I feel this trigger inside of me, and I want to look it in the eye and say, not today. And that's why we're talking about this, because when my structure got taken from me, the last time I can remember this happening was when I broke my leg on August 13th, 2016. I was skydiving. Um, I, I was doing my training. I was on my fourth jump of the weekend. It was the very first jump where the instructor wasn't going to be in my ear telling me how to pull, how to flare the parachute in order to make a nice smooth landing. So I didn't do it right. I, I stuck my left leg out to catch the ground instead of bending it like he told me to. And I microfractured the tibia and the fibula. And 
I actually walked it off that day and didn't think much of it. And if you've ever had a fractured leg, um, I know people who have gotten up and been like, oh, well, this hurts, but it's not that bad. Um, A week later, I went to play flag football. I landed awkwardly and completely blew out the meniscus in the LCL. And for the next three months, I laid in my bedroom and just drank myself into utter obliteration. Um, It's what led to my sobriety. It definitely almost killed me. And now all of a sudden, I'm seeing parallels in that with this coronavirus outbreak and the fact that now everything's shut down and I'm being told to stay in my home. I can't go to my gym. You know, all the things I've always wanted to do whenever I didn't have to work at the hotel are all closed. You know, I can't even get on an airplane and and fly to somewhere sunny because when you get there, all the restaurants and bars and uh, hotels are closed. And I, I get that I don't need bars, but I still... Whenever those things are closed, that means that no one's out. I may not drink alcohol, but I still like to go to a bar and watch some sports with my friends. I still like to go there to be social. I mean, I'm three months, I'm three years in now to my sobriety. You're going to be at a different stage. You may not be able to do that yet. You may never want to do that. Whatever you want to do, that's your call. That's not the point of what I'm saying is that now that we have all of this freedom, there's nowhere to freaking go. <laughs> there's nowhere to go but your home. And the safest thing to do is stay at home. So when you start to think to yourself, am I as strong in my addiction recovery as I thought because I'm having these ideas about using or because my structures broke down and I'm just sitting here on the couch and I'm feeling sad and I'm feeling lost, you're still just as strong as you were yesterday. It's just now we have a different world to work in. We have to start looking at ways that we can start to build new structure. And one, of the, and one of the ways we're going to talk about today is that I have a system called STEM, and it's Stop, Think, Evaluate, and Move. If you Google this, it exists. I am not the one who created this. This has existed for quite some time. I talked about this in my College Success Habits book. Um, stop, Think, Evaluate, and Move, STEM. The metaphor I like to see, or the analogy, however it might be, when it comes to this, is like, when your entire structure system has bro- has broken down, whatever you thought was your plan has broken down, right? You had planted this seed within yourself and it had set roots and it had grown and you had this plan. And now all of a sudden it's like, like a hurricane or tornado just wipes through and it just breaks your system. It breaks your plan. So you need to create a new stem. You need to create a new root system. You need to plant a new seed in order to have another strong stem to move forward with. Right? Think of it as a, a plant. It has a plan. Hurricane comes through. It breaks it. Yeah, the root system is still there. The seed has already been planted. All it needs to do is start to grow again. And that's what we're going to talk about today, is how to make sure that we're continuing to grow in our sobriety and recovery, even with all of this insanity going on. Because we will make it through this. This is not an end-of-days end of experiment. This is not I am legend or the walking dead happening to us. This is, this is definitely a nice little uh, microcosm. No, um, nice little, um, this is like a preview of what it would look like if one of these zombie apocalypse moments went down, if a World War III nuclear thing went off. And watching people beat the shit out of each other over toilet paper at a grocery store and freak out and, and, and 
want to fight over beans and rice. I mean, this is, this is how society breaks down. And now we're being asked to isolate ourselves and not go around one another. You got Facebook over here saying that it's a bug that's causing them to censor anything about Trump or COVID. And whether that's true or not, you realize how susceptible we are to outside forces. We aren't as in control of our world as we would like to believe. Anything that you're going to get off social media can be real or fake. You just don't know. You don't know who to trust sometimes. And it's within that breakdown of society that we begin not to trust one another. And it can go even further, and then we stop trusting ourselves. The choices that we make for ourselves, we can control. We may not be able to trust everything that's coming in to our world via the internet, but we can trust ourselves. We can trust the choices that we're making for ourselves and for our loved ones, And we can move forward on those. And we can use stop, think, evaluate, and move as the foundation for making sure that we are on a new path. The the last thing I want to find out down the road is that we had a million and a half relapses because AA meetings got shut down and refuge recovery meetings got shut down. All my meetings at Kaiser are shut down. Right? I'm blessed to have a therapist and I've got an appointment with her next week. But for a lot of people, they don't have that. A lot of people, the structure of going to a meeting every single day to make sure that they stayed sober is gone. And I've talked in the past about how you need to make sure that you have secondary and tertiary and fourthary and fifthary kind of um, ideas for what you would do in case you couldn't make it to a meeting. And now we're literally living in that world. So step one, when it stop, just stop, take a breath, be mindful of the emotional state that you are in right now, and then get out of the emotional state if it's a negative one. You need to be able to use your critical thinking cap here, right? Emotions are are great. They're what connect us to other people. They're what connect us to moments. It's what makes our memories much more vivid and colorful and bright. It's what allows us to feel them and and see them and hear them as if they're literally happening right this second. Emotions are a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. And I truly believe that every single animal feels them. I, I, I think that even a snail can, can feel some sort of emotion to the ground or another snail. But certainly anything that we consider a mammal, uh, a reptile, well, I don't know if snakes have emotions, but I can definitely think that sea otters and those, and those little wombat creatures, <laughs> I really believe that creatures have emotions and we have the most in-depth emotions, which again causes us to have this wheelbarrow of shit that we have to push around our whole lives. Because if we start finding ourselves locked into negative emotions, it becomes this swirl that is so hard to get out of. Picture a toilet bowl. Picture, you know, one of these monsoons. And, you know, when you start getting trapped in, inside this swirl, it's extremely hard to get out. You have to stop. You have to take a breath. You have to seriously just stop. You're going to want to use your critical thinking cap about what you're going to do to rebuild this structure. Whatever stopping looks like for you, if it's breathing, if it's sitting outside in your yard, if it's listening to music, whatever you can do to just bring yourself back out of that panic and calm yourself down. 
when I have these urges to go buy every single bottle of booze that I can possibly think of, I already know what that I already know what that movie looks like. I know what the credits on that look like. It's me dead in the hospital. It's not me having a blast. It's me destroying everything. And then whenever this coronavirus is over, now if I'm leaving, if I would even be lucky to be alive, I would have to be picking up the pieces of my life, right? I can let that movie play out. If I want to picture myself drinking and it, all day long, that's it, it lives inside my head. 80,000 thoughts live inside my head a day. They say 40 to 50,000 thoughts is how many the average human has a day. If you have 40 to 50,000 thoughts a day, you're having 40 to 50,000 emotions every day because every single thought causes a feeling, which in turn can drive an action if you allow it to. We're not going to allow these thoughts of my structure's broken down, I feel scared, I feel worried, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to say, I don't know, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And then that leads to an action of relapsing. We're not going to do that. That means calling up our sponsor, calling up uh, people in our, in our uh, addiction recovery tribe, whatever that looks like for you. You can do that. You just need to stop, take a breath, and think. Step two is think. Critical thinking is the most important part in, well, is it the most important? All of this is the most important part. The critical thinking aspect of it is an extremely important thing to be able to grasp about yourself. Sit down and ask yourself, what are your options? Brainstorm up ideas. Right, when I get super nervous, my, my eyeballs bounce around inside my sockets. For the first 20 episodes of this show, uh, over the over the course of the beginning stages last year, I'd get so excited that my eyeballs would bounce around in the sockets. I would just get like so nervous that what I was going to say was going to be right, going to be wrong. Somebody was going to judge it. Somebody was going to blast me on social media and not enjoy what I said and get angry and, and then go and condemn me and say mean things about me on social media. And I just released it all over time. And now I'm able to be in more control of my emotions when it comes to getting on this microphone. Now let's take that and let's move it into what I'm doing today. Today I I let myself sleep in because I have been working myself to the bone. I got up and I said, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to shoot this podcast. Second thing I'm going to do is get on one of my NLP coaching calls that's getting ready to start. Then I've got to sit down and figure out how am I going to be able to work out from home. I've got some bands. I've got some dumbbells. I've got a little bench. It's not a ton, but it's enough that I can do something every single day to make sure that I'm getting my blood pumping. That means I have to set this bench up in my room where it will sit for the next month and a half while I'm locked inside my house. I will not allow myself to become apathetic and just sit around and eat Oreos all day long. So think, what are your options? Brainstorm ideas. What are some things you've wanted to do that work was interfering with, that outside life was interfering with? The president and I'm no doubt your governor have already come out and said people are not going to get evicted because of this. No one's going to shut off your electricity. No one's going to shut off your cell phone. Financially, the, the most beautiful thing about this entire pandemic is that we're all in it. We can't look at one person and say, you should be able to pay your bills. You should have a savings account. Look, who's to judge anybody on why they don't have a savings account? Who's to judge anybody on why they can't pay their bills? Everyone's in this situation. 
whether you're a janitor at a high school or you're a waiter at a, at a hotel or you're a maid at a hotel or you're a janitor at the hotel, it does not matter. Every single person is going to be affected by this. Financially, yes, you may not be in the best situation. You may not have enough money to hoard the food like some of these other people do. You may not even have a, a beautiful house or a clean house or a safe house to be in. So obviously getting that figured out and like, you know, what is, what is your home life going to look like? Brainstorm up ideas about how you can make the best of this situation. What are some things that you may have wanted to learn? What are some things that you may have wanted to do around the house? Maybe you, maybe this is a great time to clean it and make it a more happy, uh, inviting home for yourself in your addiction recovery. Sit down. Stop. Freaking out. Brainstorm ideas about what it is that you've wanted to do because now you have the time to do it and you don't have to worry about getting evicted. You don't have to worry about your electric getting shut off. Right? You can't do anything right now to just magically make money appear. You can go get a delivery job if you have a nice enough car and you can deliver pizzas, you can deliver for Uber Eats. There's very few jobs that are going to be hiring right now because most people are going to be fully staffed and the majority of businesses have just released 95% of their workforce. Step three, evaluate. See the solution and not the problem. The problem is that we're all locked in our houses, but what is the solution? For me, it's gonna, I've got a laundry list of things I've been wanting to get done. I've been wanting to teach myself TikTok. I've been wanting to go into my websites and, and make my, my text on some of them better. I've been needing to write the bio for my book. I've been needing to get the headshot sent over to the publisher. I need to go find some sobriety pages over on Facebook and start getting more involved in that community. Um, I could be writing out my speeches. I could be tinkering with my LinkedIn. I could be doing some life coaching work. Like I've got tons of things on a list that I have just been wanting to do, but every day I got to go to work at the hotel from six to 12 and then I got to come home and I I get to go work out. And before you know it, it's three o'clock and then dinner's at seven o'clock. So I've only got three to four hours to actually work. And so, and there's, that can't be my schedule every day. Now all of a sudden I'm, I'm looking at six weeks. So evaluate what it is that you want to do. See the solution, not the problem. What are your immediate needs? What do you need to do right now? See, know the difference between wants, needs, and desires. Needs are are shelter, food, warmth, clothing, water, right? Those are needs, right? These are things you need to continue to exist. Do you have those things taken care of? If you're coming from a much more financially um, less well-off situation, then spend some time over the next few days figuring out how to get some how to get some of those needs met. Where can you? Water isn't going to stop. I don't know why all these people are buying up water. Like all of a sudden, the t- water in the tap is going to go away. We're not at an end of days. I get preparing for the zombie apocalypse is always a smart thing to do. And all of those uh, those preppers who live in Idaho and Montana are laughing their ass off as they're sitting around being like, "Life is the same for me." <laughs> Those doomsday preppers are laughing their asses off, and I've you know, now you know all this population hoarding beans and rice and toilet paper. They're well better, well you know they're better off for a, a natural disaster than they've ever been. If there's ever been a, a time for an earthquake or a tornado or a hurricane to hit, it's now. Everybody's fully loaded and already locked up in their houses, right? But figure out what your needs are and start working on getting those met. It's like it. If you ever got trapped on like a desert island, the first thing you got to figure out is where's the water? Once you get the water, you can start worrying about the shelter. Once you get the shelter, you can start thinking about the food. Those are the three things. 
I remember learning this in some sort of like um, how to survive in the wilderness class I took. It's you, the first things you need to figure out if you're ever stuck somewhere because of some crazy shit went down is you got to make sure you got water, food, shelter. Once you get those three on lockdown, you, you can move away from the needs and start looking at the wants. All right? So you got to get your needs, water, food, shelter, warmth. Those are the main four four things. If you're in a really, really hot environment, then cool. But mostly it's warmth. People that they desire that warmth. If it's super hot, we can always make ourselves cooler. We can just lay there and not move a lot like a lion in the Serengeti. But our main needs, water, food, shelter, warmth. Then you can go into your wants. Okay, now what is it that you want to be able to do? What is it that you want to be able to achieve with this mandatory time off from work? What is it that you want from yourself that makes you come out of this saying, I made the best of a bad situation? The desire part, it's like, I want, I need water. I want um, sparkling water. I love soda water. I call it clear beer when I go out to bars with friends. Soda water, no ice, no straw, no fruit, in a pint glass. And then I can feel like, then the, the social aspect of, not drinking alcohol is it completely goes away. I'm I'm perfectly fine. I'll sit there and drink 15 glasses of soda water while everybody else drinks 10 pints of beer, right? I'm I'm perfectly fine because I got that bubbliness on my tongue, right? It, I, I feel like that carbonation. It, it's like a trigger in my head. It's like oh okay cool. I'm just chilling, just having fun, right? So a need would be water. A want would be soda water. A desire would be I don't know, bottled fancy water from France or something. <laughs> but desires are just those things that you escalate. You need a vehicle. I want a Hyundai Santa Fe. I desire an RV, right? Like you you got to see wants, needs, uh, needs, wants, and desires that way. You need just the basic. Then you can want something better than the basic. And then you can desire something even more amazing than the basic ever thought it could be. But you have to get this in your head. That nothing about your sobriety and recovery is at stake. It, it is going to be rocked unless you allow it to be rocked. Follow this. Stop. Think. Brainstorm up ideas. Evaluate those ideas you've come up with. Put them in an order of importance. Make a list of the things you brainstorm. Put them down on paper. And then what is it you'd like to get, like to do, like to get done? So that you can create a timeline, an order for your priorities. The internet's still going to exist. There, boy, I'll tell you what. As much as our Wi-Fi and our internet infrastructure is going to be tested over the next two months, I can guarantee you, ain't nobody going to want to see that shut down. These are the companies that are currently, you know, these streaming companies are making money hand over fist right now. So you sit down, and you can learn anything on the internet you want. You can learn how to play the harmonica on YouTube. You can learn how to crochet, right? I mean... I don't know if paint stores are open, but it's like figure out what maybe a paint store is open. Roll into a paint store real quick. Buy some paints. I don't even know what's open anymore. You can order everything, anything you want. You can at least order it off Amazon. I guarantee you Amazon's first quarter earnings and second quarter earnings for this year are going to be through the roof. Okay? So then when you've got this list of cool shit you want to do, take one big one and then a few small ones. Right? You can keep yourself energized by switching from some of these little small ones into back into the big one. For me, a, a really big one would be to go in and would be to make one of my websites look more professional. It looks super cheesy right now. Um, it's clearly, you know, it was done at a time when I was just trying to get something up. I could go through. That's a big one. 
I can say every day I'm going to put an hour in on that on that website. But then I have a couple of small ones. For me, a couple of small ones every day are going to be working out. You know, 30 to 45 minutes lifting weights, making sure that I at least don't lose the gains that I have made this entire year. I can now go through my room and sort of organize and be like, okay, what, what what's set up right now that I haven't touched in a while? What is set up that I can start to clear out some of this clutter? Right? You can have all of these little tiny ones so that you can task switch. So you don't just get sit there and all of a sudden you're trying to work on one thing for three hours. And if you start getting bored of it, it's time to switch. But it's not going to do you any good to just sit there and be bored when you've got other things that you would like to be doing. Because inevitably, if you start getting bored with something that you've chosen to do, then you'll end up getting on Facebook or, you know, like me, I love to go inside iTunes and start organizing all my music files and putting them all into little folders. And before you know it, you've spent four hours on Facebook or social media, but not doing anything that you really wanted to do. And then move. Once you have decided on your list, start by doing something to get momentum. All right? Start with something easy. Like today, the first thing I did when I woke up is I started to organize my room a little bit, started to fold some laundry. About halfway through it, I was like, okay, I'm ready to go. Let's do this podcast. Right? Find something every single morning when you wake up. You know, uh, one of my old roommates had this morning ritual where he would like to wake up and do yoga for the first 15 minutes. Maybe your thing is waking up and drinking coffee for a little bit, sitting on your porch. Whatever it might be, something that starts to get you motivated. Something easy, clean, organized. Um, Call a friend. Um, I know some people who like to get on and just clean out their inbox for the first 15 minutes they're awake. Whatever it is that you want to do, I'm not here to tell you to do it differently. Some people are like, no, you can't get up and immediately get on the computer. You need a, you know, you need to do some yoga, some breathing exercises. You need to meditate. You do it. <laughs> no, you don't. Whatever makes you happy with your with the way you're starting your morning, do that. If you're not happy with the way you're starting your morning, start with something new now. Right? Then you can start moving on to harder things. Write out a list of sober things you want to focus on. Make amends. Call friends. Literally anything you can do just to get started. You can start with easy. You can start with hard. First thing in the morning, wake up, grab a cup of coffee, call up somebody you haven't talked to in 10 years and make amends or catch up, whatever it is you need to do. For me, the easy thing to do is cleaning, researching a topic, picking these headshots. Hard would be me starting my bio, editing my website, editing my text on my website, whatever Right? The important thing is, is to establish a new structure right now, today. There's no better time to plant this seed than right now. And then also take some time to chill out. Take some time for self-care. I slept till 10.30 today. I got up at my usual 5 a.m. like I would have for work, went to the bathroom, drank a bunch of water, laid back down, slept for another five hours, and it was awesome. And I'm not going to beat myself up over it. Normally I would. Normally I would kick my own ass. How dare you sleep till 10 o'clock? You just wasted five hours of the day. Look at all this stuff that you could have gotten done. Well, guess what? I've got tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. This is, we're looking at at least a month of this world that we're living in right now. And when people, whenever I tell people that my, my hotel job released me and my gym's closed, they're like, well, when are they going to reopen? And I'm like, as soon as the rest of the world knows. When somebody asks you, well, when is your job going to have you back? As soon as the president, as soon as the governor says that we can go back to business as usual, you'll know as soon as your business is going to reopen because they're going to say on television, when restaurants and bars and um, stores and all of these usual gathering places can reopen, 
that's when you're going to be able to start seeing yourself go back to a normal existence. The world will never be the same after this. Let's hope that what we've learned is that we have so much more to offer one another. Let's hope that what we've learned is that it is important. What is it that we want to learn? I haven't figured that out yet. All I know is that the world will never look the same after this, and it's our choice whether that looks better or worse. It's our choice if that looks better or worse. So for now, all we can do is control our situation. We can control our choices. The world we live in right now, we can control what we're doing. We don't know what the world's going to look like after this, but we do know it won't be the same. And let's hope that it's for the better. Let's hope as a collective unit, not just in this country, but around the world, we start to see how fast societies can break down and fall apart. And we can start to notice the people who get left behind. We can start to really be more empathetic to those who don't have as much as somebody else. We can start to see that we're not, if somebody doesn't have as much as I do, it's not because they're lazy. It's just because they haven't done or had the same opportunities as me. Whatever comes from this, it will be insanely different. And when I say that, I, I, don't even, I don't even know if I believe that. I don't know if it'll be insanely different. I just know that it will be different. The world will be different. And how that looks is up to us. Next week, we'll talk more about this. I'll see where everybody else is. I'm going to be doing a ton of posts on Instagram about this. I'm also going to launch my Instagram live, see if I can't start getting a really, really, really strong conversation about what we're all doing to maintain ourselves, what we're doing since we can't go to meetings, what we're doing since we don't have that usual structure. There's so much more I could say, but I'm already feeling like I'm rambling into my 37th minute here. Just know that you need to stop, think, evaluate, and move. Check out the show notes for for what I've said here today. Make sure that you don't allow yourself the permission to relapse because all this shit's going down. We can make it through this. And whatever that looks like for you, be strong in your sobriety and recovery. Build that tribe up around you. Whatever it looks like, whatever you need it to be, begin to build it and start doing that today. And, and, and also, <laughs> social distancing, wash your hands, everything you've already been told, do it. I don't want to see any of you get sick. That would break my heart. Please be healthy, be safe, be clean, inclusive over exclusive. Don't slam the door in your neighbor's face when they're in need. There's never been more of an opportunity for our society to show how loving and giving it is than through this pandemic. I love you all. The power of positive energy, release and flow. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye.